Hey everyone, it's Amy Lynn Durham and you're listening to Create Magic at Work. Create Magic at Work is on a mission to equip senior leaders with tools they need to be a true servant leader and actually understand what that means. Improve employee engagement, retain top talent, and transform your workplace culture to have less stress and drama. So let's start making magic. Hi, I'm Amy Lynn Durham and welcome to Create Magic at Work. You know, I created Create Magic at Work to help transform workplace culture and help CEOs, senior executives, and leaders of all kinds understand that when you connect employees in a healthy way in the workplace, you immediately improve profitability and productivity. You have much larger employee retention and your workplace culture is innovative and inspirational. Today, what I want to talk to you about is EQ, emotional intelligence, and how that leads to SQ, spiritual intelligence. There are probably thousands of podcast episodes and literature surrounding emotional intelligence. And I am sure if you are listening to this show, you have heard of emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is defined by the capacity to be aware of, control, and express one's emotions and to handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathetically. That's one definition from Oxford, (laughs) the dictionary. Another definition for emotional intelligence or EQ is the ability to understand, use, and manage your emotions in positive ways to relieve stress, communicate effectively, empathize with others, overcome challenges, and diffuse conflict. Think about that. Relieve stress, communicate effectively, empathize with others, overcome challenges and diffuse conflict. My corporate executive background, if I was interviewing someone that I wanted to be on my team, those are the qualities that I would be looking for in a leader. Because if I have someone on my team that can relieve stress, communicate effectively, empathize with others, overcome challenges, diffuse conflict, oh my gosh, as their supervisor, that's going to free me up to actually do my job and it's going to improve the overall culture of my team. So there's three parts that I like to train. I'm an emotional intelligence practitioner. And the three parts that I like to talk about with emotional intelligence is self-awareness, creating an emotional management strategy, and how to build connection. Science tells us that the brain is not fully able to exhibit qualities of EQ until you're in your early to mid-20s. That's from the adult development theory. So We have leaders coming into the workplace, Gen Z, not millennials, that are moving into this space where they can start honing in on these skills. And this is one of the tools that Create Magic at Work offers is EQ trainings because it's the stepping stone to SQ. Self-awareness. How do we learn self-awareness? Well, we start learning to be aware when we're triggered in the workplace, and then we learn how to handle it. So Once we become aware of what is triggering us and setting off our amygdala in our brain, we can learn emotional management strategies to quell those possible negative reactions in the workplace. One thing that I like to teach is when you start noticing that you're being triggered, maybe you get emotionally hijacked by a coworker or you receive an email that just really pisses you off and sends you over the edge. Maybe you are already having what you might consider a bad morning 
and you get an email. And of course we read emails in the tone of how we're feeling, right? And we're really triggered. Well, first it's recognizing that we're triggered before we get to the point of no return. So when we're triggered and we get angry or we get defensive or we feel attacked, what happens is that part of our brain that is functioning is the amygdala. It's that fight, flight, or freeze part of our brain. It's ancient. It's biological. It's I'm a cave person and a lion is chasing me and I need to run or I need to fight or I'm going to freeze. It's that part of our system that says we are being threatened and I need to protect myself. So if you start noticing when your amygdala is triggered, then you can say, okay, I'm just using this hypothetical example. Okay. I'm not being chased by a lion. My life and safety is not being threatened right now. Someone just sent me what I perceive as a rude email. Maybe that person is having a bad day. Self-awareness. Let me take some deep breaths. So the, the one exercise that I like to recommend to everyone, pull themselves out of this state of where your amygdala is triggered is breathing. <laughs> and I know there's a ton of stuff out there in pop culture with mindfulness and breathing and just breathe and everything's going to be okay. And I get it. It can feel like annoying or irritating and like, I don't want to do this, but the science behind it can't be ignored. I have a quote in my book, Create Magic at Work, that talks about the selectively data-driven executive where they only look at data or financial statements that they're comfortable with talking about. If we only look at selective data and don't look at the big picture as a whole, we will not grow and be elevated leaders in the workplace. So the data and research behind breath work and breathing is if you start taking deep breaths, you're getting more oxygen to your brain. And what's going to happen is your neocortex of your brain is going to open up and you're going to have more possibilities, creative possibilities for solutions and for thinking. So the minute that you notice that you're being triggered in the workplace and you're getting into a state of your mind where you don't see any possibilities, but fight, flight, or freeze, whatever that looks like to you, start doing some breathing techniques. I offer the three, two, four breathing exercise method. You inhale for three seconds, you hold for two, and then you exhale for four. So what is that? That's step two in EQ. We just talked about self-awareness. I'm being triggered. Why am I being triggered by this email? Why is this, you know, this person just really pissed me off. I feel attacked. Uh Uh-oh, my amygdala is running the show here. Let me do some breath work and open up the neocortex in my brain. Let me try the three, two, four breathing exercise. Guess what? We just moved to phase two, which is an emotional management strategy that you have for the workplace. If you do not recognize that you're being triggered, or if you do and you let it go and you don't use an emotional management strategy, you get to the point where you don't see any options, but those three fight, flight, or freeze. And that really limits us in the workplace. It limits us from innovation, inspiration, from getting your work done in a calm and peaceful way. And at the end of the day, you're the one that's hurting yourself because you're working in that jacked up state all day of anger, frustration. I need to defend myself or I need to get back or why is this person? And so you're sitting in this energy that isn't in flow, that isn't in inspiration, that isn't in peace and that isn't in calm. And who's that hurting? You. So really, really work on what is a good emotional management strategy for you, which is step two of what I offer for EQ. 
Another part of phase two of EQ and emotional intelligence that you can use as an emotional management strategy is creating an appreciation anchor. I talk about this in my book, Create Magic at Work. And I also utilize this method in trainings where I do not, we do not write prescriptions for other people as far as what they can use as an appreciation anchor, but we, we walk groups through what they can create in the workplace that they can use as an appreciation anchor because the brain cannot experience anxiety and gratitude at the same time. This is another strategy to pull you out of that amygdala triggering space in your brain and bring you back to a place within you where you can see more options and you can feel calmer. So think about what could you use as an appreciation anchor in the workplace? And I'm just sticking to this example that I'm sharing about getting that crazy email that just puts you over the edge (laughs) where somebody you feel attacked or somebody just said something that sent you off the wrong way. What could you use in the workplace that could be an appreciation anchor for you? Well, let me give you some examples to kind of get your creative juices flowing. You could use a special necklace. Maybe you have a locket that you wear around your neck that has a picture of your children or a pet. And you remind yourself to just grab onto that and do the three, two, four breathing method. Oh, I'm grateful. This is not that big of a deal. Three, two, four breathing. I love my dog. Oh, I love Mr. Bingley. He's the sweetest thing on the planet. He wants to be everybody's friend. His personality is like Buddy the Elf. (laughs) Just to share something personal I might do. And here I'm laughing and thinking of how amazing he is. And if I didn't have this job, I could not provide his little cushy life that he lives back at home. (laughs) So that's an example. Children, family, anything. Um, I particularly like to use crystals as well because they are from the earth and they are living And they are very special to me because they have different energetic, I guess, assignments you could say to them. And so a lot of times when I'm doing a podcast interview, I'll hold one in my hand. I have seen a lot of leaders use stress balls, the squeezy ones. That's great, but you want something that really has an emotional attachment to you that can bring forward those feelings of gratitude in your life. Find something that you're grateful for, use it as an appreciation anchor, and use it as part of your emotional management strategy. And again, we go really deep into these concepts when we do EQ trainings from Create Magic at Work in the workplace. And then the final step of EQ out of the three, we talked about self-awareness. How can I become aware when I'm being triggered in the workplace and what can I do as an emotional management strategy part two to quell me becoming in a fight, flight, or freeze mode because I want to live in this beautiful, creative, peaceful state of flowing and feeling great and gratitude. We talked about that part two. The final piece is building connection. How do I build connection in the workplace? These are such great skills to teach leaders, especially like I mentioned, according to adult development theory, the early 20s individuals that are coming into the workplace because their brain is starting to become in a space where they can really exercise compassion and leadership. So building connections, how do I build a connection? 
How do we teach leaders to build connection in the workplace? And why do we want to do it? Here's why we want to do it. Companies that have leaders that are friends, the employees report loving working there way more than companies that don't. So that's just one data point. There's a million out there. Building connections keeps less drama and less stress, helps diffuse conflict. Well, what happens when that occurs? Your employees are more engaged. There is a lot of concern. And when I was a corporate executive, it was one of my bigger concerns. You know, what are my employees doing when they're actually at work? (laughs) The disengaged employee costs you more money than an employee that's not even there, right? In some cases. So how much money is your, are your disengaged employees costing you? And what sparks engagement? Well, what sparks engagement is connection in the workplace, not feeling isolated, feeling like you're seen, feeling like you're recognized for your unique abilities, having leaders that can pinpoint unique abilities in their team and then exploit them. And I use the word exploit in a positive way, exploit those abilities in a positive way. So. How do we build connection? I'm going to go back to just this simple, simple email example that I like to use where, because this is just a common thing in the workplace, people fire off emails, a lot of ego gets involved. You had a bad day. You might be reading it a lot more negatively than the intent of the email was sent, whatever the case may be. So here's what I teach for building connection using this as an example. You get this email, you already are well-versed in self-awareness. You can notice when you're getting triggered, you have your strategy, you have your three, two, four breathing method, or you have an appreciation anchor. You can hold on to grab that crystal. Oh my gosh. Why is this person coming for me right now? They just really pissed me off. I'm, I'm going to fire back at them and an email telling them what I really think. And we're going to go back and forth. And this is a bunch of BS, whatever, right? The next part is you've taken your breath work, you have your appreciation anchor, and you as a leader have the responsibility of turning this around for yourself, because you have written an entire story in your brain about what this email just meant. So as a leader in the workplace, you have to take responsibility for taking the high road and for having EQ and for doing step three, which is building connection. The first part of that is to see things from the other person's side. You have just written a story in your head about this person's intent when they sent you the email. I love the story as an example because it happens all the time. So you've taken a breath, you have your appreciation anchor, and now you're going to rewrite that story because you've written the first story anyways, and neither one could be true. So you're going to do what we like to call in executive coaching. You're going to reframe the situation. Let me read this again. I'm self-aware that I was triggered. I did some breath work. I grabbed my appreciation anchor. This one stung, but maybe Jim is having a bad day as well. Maybe he didn't mean what I think he meant in this email. Maybe he means this. Just rewrite a story. Maybe he actually is reaching out to me because he needs a ton of help and he's overwhelmed. Whatever that specific scenario could be in the workplace or in your mind. And then as a leader, you reach back out and you take the build connection route. You build the bridge. So if you envision 
I'm just making up the name Jim. If you envision Jim on one side of the bridge and you on the other, you're not waiting on the other side for Jim to cross it to you. That's high EQ is you start walking across the bridge just sort of as a visual towards Jim. Jim, I got this email. Here's the way. Can you explain more to me what you meant by it? I really want to help you. Or let's say you got an email about a mistake you made. I understand. Let's talk about this. What can I do to make this right? I felt like you were upset. Whatever the case may be, that's a whole training piece on building connections, right? I mean, we're not going to cover this in a quick (laughs) 20 to 30 minute podcast episode. But if you have these overarching themes that surround EQ, you'll elevate as a leader in the workplace. The data shows that EQ trumps IQ every time, every time for promotion, growth, having success in the workplace. We've all ran into smart people at parties, highly intelligent people at parties, et cetera, that have like zero social skills. (laughs) Probably not the best individuals to be building connections or leading teams, but maybe they should be working on their EQ. And just to recap, something quick to remember, the three parts that you can utilize. Part one, self-awareness. Part two, creating an emotional management strategy. And then part three, building a connection, cross the bridge, meet them in the middle, but do not wait at the end of that bridge for them to come to you. So I'm going to share some data points with you surrounding why it is so important to have your workplace culture, a place where it is a connecting, supportive environment. One, it builds your company's reputation as a great place to work. So people are going to be clamoring to work for you over your competitors because people want to work in these spaces that they feel valued and heard. So 50% of candidates say they wouldn't work for a company with a bad reputation, even for a pay increase. The number one reason why employees quit is a lack of appreciation at their current job. And 79% of employees who quit claim that this was a major reason for leaving their job. Also during COVID in 2020, Google reported a huge percentage of increase in search interests related to team building. So companies are starving for this information. How do we get it? But what is happening is a lot of the leadership that's in place is leadership that has have not been given the tools to show courage and vulnerability in the workplace. And so they stick with what they're comfortable with. And guess what they're comfortable with? Reporting in data and numbers, competitiveness, pitting people against each other in negative ways. That's the only way they know how because it's all been handed down in the system that we work in and they are uncomfortable moving into what I would call a more quantum leadership space, okay? Now, one thing to keep in mind is a percentage of remote employees, if you're a flexible workplace, report loneliness as their biggest challenge. So it's more important than ever to have these connecting activities that foster EQ in the workplace. My book, Create Magic at Work, has at least eight activities that you can utilize as a leader. So if you do team build in the workplace, use my book because it's fun and it skill builds an EQ. So you get kind of like a win-win there. I've been a part of, (laughs) this is a whole going to be a whole other podcast episode. But I have been a part of some really interesting team build activities that did not foster connection in the workplace. Stay tuned for that. One final thought before I talk about how EQ leads to SQ, 
working 55 hours or more per week is a serious health hazard. So if you are a leader, senior executive leader listening to this episode, and you're getting tips to manage your EQ and then talk about it with your staff, team, employees, et cetera, keep in mind that I have been in your shoes And I know how hard you all work and what it feels like at the top can be just as lonely. And remember that you need a well-rounded, fulfilled life. And the World Health Organization literally just put out a global study that found that working 55 hours or more a week was linked to a 35% higher risk of stroke and a 17% higher risk of dying from ischemic heart disease compared to a 35 to 40 hour working week. You are literally shaving years off your life if you are working yourself and burning yourself out. I watched um, a documentary on Netflix the other day and they mentioned one of the people that they were interviewing. He was just obsessed with longevity of this life he was in because he just loved his life. And he said, I frame my, the way he framed it was how many summers he has left. He goes, I figure I have about 10 to 15 good summers left. He was an older gentleman. And I was like, wow, that is a really, really good way to view life. And how many summers do you have left? And do you want to spend those summers working 55 or more hours a week and burning yourself out? Or do you want to spend your life well-rounded, making an impact and sending out a ripple effect? And one of the ways you can do that is connecting individuals in the workplace by starting out teaching EQ. So if you think of a pyramid, the bottom of the pyramid is PQ, physical intelligence. The next step of that pyramid to get to the top would be IQ. The next layer of the pyramid is EQ, emotional intelligence, what we just talked about today. And then that final tip of the pyramid is SQ. And I'm going to get into SQ in the next solo episode. You get to SQ by way of EQ. And in the adult, and SQ is spiritual intelligence. It's a faith neutral system. You can be agnostic, you can be atheist, and you can learn these elevated leadership skill sets for the workplace. So Cindy Wigglesworth developed 21 skills of SQ. So she grounded them down and made them tangible for people to work on in the workplace. And I'm an SQ21 certified coach. I am so passionate about these skills and how they develop leaders in the workplace that it is my favorite offering of all of the offerings of Create Magic at Work and the tools that we offer because there's a few definitions of spiritual intelligence. One is the ability to put your day-to-day concerns aside and operate from a big picture view. You could also think of that as putting your ego aside and operating from your higher self, that place within you that comes from wisdom and compassion and love. If you believe that there is a place within you that can operate from wisdom, compassion, and love, then you can work on your spiritual intelligence. Stephen Covey says spiritual intelligence is the highest intelligence of all intelligences. And what I run into is people thinking it's woo-woo or they think it's religion and it's because it has the word spiritual in it. And at this point, I really don't care. It's meant for those that are ready for it. And in the adult development theory, it's typically with your brain, it's when you start hitting your mid-30s. Now we are all human and there's exceptions to that rule, obviously, 
But once you start hitting your mid thirties, you start thinking questions like, what is my life purpose? Why am I here? What am I doing in this job? What kind of impact am I going to leave with these final summers that I have left? And the 21 skills of SQ really help you get very clear on who you want to be and what kind of legacy you want to leave in this world. So the ability to maintain wisdom and compassion, regardless of the situation, put your ego aside and make decisions from your higher self. That's going to be in the next solo episode. SQ, what is it? Why is it important for the workplace? And why do I need to know about it? Thank you for listening. I hope you learned something today about EQ and how it's the stepping stone to SQ. If you're interested in an EQ training for the workplace, feel free to reach out to me, www.createmagicatwork.net. And I hope I sent a little magic out to you for your day. Thanks, everyone. Hi, everyone. Amy Lynn Durham here. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. All the show notes and links can be found at createmagicatwork.net. I hope you come back often and make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Keep joining us for more exciting episodes where we help you transform workplace culture to systems that create less drama and stress and have high productivity and profitability. Please reach out to me on LinkedIn under Amy Lynn Durham. Connect with me. And I hope we brought a little magic to your day. Sending magic to everyone. See you next time.